This is our number It's time for the fastest 15 minutes of the news. This is Dory's Fastest 15. Aaron, what is the ever-growing Granillo family doing Mm. for Thanksgiving tomorrow? We are hosting my sister-in-law and her boyfriend and then one of our other close friends and she has a new boyfriend in her life who wow. will be making an appearance as well. My first time meeting him. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I know. It's a highly charged place to meet him at Thanksgiving dinner table. Along with a four-year-old girl who's, uh, you know, she's going to speak her mind. Oh, I told her to. <laughs> yeah. uh, is it your place? Yes, correct. Okay. And and do you roast the turkey or what do we do? I, I'm in charge of the turkey this year. Um I've never brined a turkey, which I, I'm... That's, that's my job. Go ahead. Immediately yeah. when we get off the air at 3 o'clock, okay. I am uh, preparing the turkey brine. I'm, I'm going to begin brining the birds. Okay. a good idea. I've Googled many websites. What, what do you do? Because I need to know. Um, I, this year, I got a pre-made brine, and I'm trying to remember where I got it. It was... Uh, Something online looked really good. But uh, I just get a, a five-gallon uh, like painter's bucket yep, and uh, just stir it up. And it, it, I've done it a couple of times. So I've cooked turkeys every, almost everywhere. I've cooked on the barbecue, uh, a deep-fried for many years, uh, oven roast. I was thinking about smoking it this year, mm-hmm. but you can't do stuffing in the bird if you, if you, uh, if you smoke it. So we're going to do the oven roast tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the brining is essential, so it stays nice and juicy with yeah. that crispy skin. Yeah. That's the best part. You can curve a bird, uh, carve a bird pretty well there. I, I'm I'm not curve bad. Bird. I'm not the best. I'm I'm impressed by the people, you know, who are you know like the Benihana type yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now here's a question. Serious question. Uh, Nicole, Andrew, you guys can weigh in on this too. So my oldest daughter and I really wanted to do something for our Thanksgiving turkey. And I can't believe I'm admitting this on the air. I saw about a month ago that (laughs) Popeye's chicken was offering turkeys for 50 bucks. And I thought that sounded delicious. Cooked? Yeah, it's cooked. already done, ready to go. You can you get just... it delivered for ninety five dollars, or you can go pick it up <laughs> oh. for fifty dollars. And so, uh, you know, I don't eat I, the one food if it was healthy for you that I would eat a million times more of is fried chicken, and Popeyes is particularly good. And I thought a Popeyes turkey would be fantastic. My oldest daughter said, oh, "I'll go pick it up." Because that that'd be great. And it's going to be Cajun. I'm looking it up. Is it the Cajun style turkey? Yeah. Hmm. And remember John Lovick, who we deep fried turkeys mm-hmm. with for many years. He would always do a Cajun injection in the deep fried birds that we would do. And uh, I thought it sounded fantastic. My wife thought it sounded too trashy. <laughs> <laughs> so, to pick up your turkey from a fast food place sounds a little... Yeah, I'm not know. a fan. I'm not a fan. If you have well, the means, you got to do it yourself. Right. Well, what if, and it's probably too late now because I'm sure they're sold out, but I would have gladly oven roasted my brine turkey and have the the Popeye's turkey. And yeah, then that'd be okay. Cheese. It could be your leftover turkey. Yeah, and we're going to have nine people here. You won't but, have a lot of leftovers. So, so anyway, 
that, that's our official uh, text question of the day. Would it have been trashy if we had actually gotten a turkey from Popeyes? <laughs> you can no longer. They are sold out online, but it says, uh, don't fret. You can order at your local Popeyes still. Really? For pickup. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to have to think about this. But yeah, my, my wife was just adamantly against it. She thought that would just, <laughs> that'd be too much. Okay. All right. Hey, and by the way, uh, we, we haven't told people, uh, tomorrow afternoon, tune in, very special uh, live edition. Uh, Nicole and Andrew and Aaron are going to be in studio telling their favorite Thanksgiving stories <laughs> for all three hours from noon to three tomorrow. So mm-hmm. that's all arranged, right? Oh, yeah. I didn't get that memo. <laughs> no? No. Oh, we're not doing that? No. Oh, okay. Well, next year. What are you talking about? It's a live version of the best of. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the best of tomorrow. Right. Live oh, version it, of the best of. What does that mean? Right, we, Andrew hits a button. It means that I'm here to, to, to play, <laughs> yeah, play a bunch of best of segments. <laughs> Andrew, it's play. <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh. That makes me cough. All right. Uh, that's, that's what we're doing. Oh, so then a key question for you, Andrew. If today is my Friday... Are we are we doing Foghat and Dead Mouse next hour? Ne- uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, since we're 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 best of on Thursday, Friday, that would make sense. So I think, I think we should. We think we should make an exception in this case. Yeah, because it it'll help get everybody into the uh, long weekend mood if we did that next hour. Yes, I very nearly did that on my own because I for some reason I, I mean everyone's not coming in tomorrow, so I was thinking it's Friday, but I realized no, wait, it's Wednesday. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, we'll we'll do that. We'll okay. make today. Today, Friday. It's uh, 5 o'clock somewhere, and today is Friday here on the Dory Monster. Yes. Show. Okay, all right, cool. All right, with all that as a mere prelude, let's get right to the fastest 15. Oh, <laughs> is there, you already played the open. I did, yeah. The open is already gone, Dory. <laughs> Again, I can't laugh because I'll cough. Uh, okay, very serious story that we've told you about. A 15-year-old boy was in court. Yesterday, in King County, charged with three armed robberies committed in under one hour at South King County gas stations. But to make the story even more intriguing, this 15-year-old boy, was in. Uh, they believe he is the primary suspect in more than 30 other armed robberies in the first two weeks of November. 30. So with the three he's been charged with and 30 more, we're talking about 33 armed robberies by a 15-year-old kid. Now, should this child be charged as an adult? And I think almost everybody who has an ounce of common sense would say yes, because somebody who is this hardened, who, you know, sadly has no guidance in life. I, I heard one cut from court a couple of days ago where they said that they couldn't release him to his mom. And I was thinking, his mom? Where's where's his dad? Here, this is uh, Cairo 7 had on it a couple of days ago. 
Now that's right, Aaron. And this 76 gas station here in Renton was robbed at gunpoint last night. I'm told next the suspects went to Covington. There was an armed robbery at another 76 there. Then it led to shots fired a little bit later. Investigators say that 15-year-old arrested from the scene is believed to be involved in more than 30 armed robberies. Okay, so not only armed robbery, but shots fired. Robberies. Scenes like this one playing out in Renton, Kent, Tequila, Burien, SeaTac, and West Seattle. The latest robbery was at this 76 in Covington last night around 8 p.m. Robbed the store at gunpoint. King County Sheriff's deputies arrested one suspect, a 15-year-old male. I'm told two or three others got away in a car. Friday afternoon, the teen was supposed to be in court but didn't show up for medical reasons. I find that respondent is an extreme risk to the community and also likely failure to appear. You think extreme risk, firing shots, 33 armed robberies in two weeks? The teen will be charged with three counts of first-degree robbery and unlawful possession of a firearm. But investigators believe he's involved in dozens of other violent crimes. This individual is also suspected in over 30 other armed robberies committed over the past 10 days. He's not attending school. He's not currently residing with his mom as he's, his whereabouts are usually unknown. He's not residing with his mom? What about his dad? Maybe he's staying with his dad. Or maybe he's not. But if you are 15 years old, you know better. You think you're a man. You're man enough to carry a gun, to fire shots, to take other people's hard-earned cash on 33 different occasions in two weeks. Shouldn't you be man enough to do adult time? No, not in Washington. You know why? He cannot be charged as an adult. You know why? Because Democrats in Olympia have made it impossible. They A few years ago, they said first-degree robbery is going to be removed from the list of crimes that could land a kid in adult court. So, once again, Democrats in Olympia have incentivized children, 13, 14, 15 years old, to carry guns, to rob anybody and everybody, and they know that the worst they will get is a slap of the wrist and the little time in juvie, and that they will have no chance of going to adult court, unless they kill somebody. But this kid will probably kill somebody when he gets out of juvie. But it's another example where you have, uh, you know, the last couple of days I've heard Dow Constein and Jay Inslee decry gun violence. Uh, Dow, Dow Constein, the uh, couple that was in the parking garage at SeaTac, and they came upon a guy who was prowling, ransacking their car. And they confronted the guy. Well, it turns out that the wife, she works for the King County Sheriff's Office. She's a records management specialist. Her husband was with her, and the car prowler fired shots, shot the wife in the hand, and shot and killed the husband at the scene. And Dow Constein just released a, a statement, a devastating loss for one of us, our own. He talked about the unprovoked attack, and he said, as we process this violent incident, we must recognize the individual and collective trauma that gun violence is inflicting upon our community. This is criminal violence, Dow. And when you 
and your party take a kid, 15 years old, who commits 33 armed robberies in two weeks, who fires shots, and you tell society, yeah, but we can't lock him up. He's just a kid. You are way more of a problem, Dow Constein, than guns are. Because you're releasing the most violent among us. You're ensuring that the most violent are still going to stay out on the streets and be out as soon as possible until they shoot and kill somebody else. And maybe the next one will be another devastating loss for one of your own. And you can send out another memo then. But forget about this gun violence. Start focusing on criminal violence. Start focusing on locking up the most dangerous, the, the chronic criminals who commit armed robbery. But your party, Dow Constantine's party, decided that we're going to be the party of the criminals. And so you're going to let this criminal get out, and he'll probably kill somebody else, and it'll be somebody someone loves, and you'll be able to send out another memo. I'm just so I'm so sick and tired of Inslee and Dow Constein and all these politicians who you know Jay Inslee. He was rushing to the Colorado nightclub shooting story when everybody in the media was saying that it was a must have been a MAGA Republican. Well, now what did we find out? That the guy who shot and killed five people at the Colorado nightclub is uh, a trans person who goes by they, them pronouns. Uh, it was a far left-wing guy, had nothing to do. And, and if I don't you think want... he was trans, Dory. He was non-binary. Non, thank you. Thank you. Non-binary. Uh, they, them. He is. Yes. And, and so the stories disappeared. From the media, once it came out that he was a non-binary, they-them person, uh, then all of a sudden the story disappears from the media because they thought they had a MAGA Republican shooting up a, a gay nightclub. And by the way, along those lines, uh, the guy who stopped that attack, what an absolute hero this man is. He's former military. He was there with his son and his son's boyfriend. And his name is Richard Fierro. And if you want to talk about a hero, this guy, when everybody was running away from those gunshots, this guy told CNN what he did to stop the shooting. It may not even have been a window left, but I saw a lot of people and this guy was there and I saw the ACU pattern uh, flag fest. And for me, that was like, there's a handle, I'm getting it. So I ran across the room, grabbed the handle, pulled him down, and then started to... Uh, well, actually, I think I went for his gun with him. His rifle flew in front of him. Um, and the young man that tried to jump in there with me, um, he, he, we both either pulled him down or whatever, but he ended up at his head uh, and right next to the AR. And then with the AR, he, we, I told him, push the AR, get the AR away from him. The kid pushed the AR. I, I don't know what his name was. Um, and then... I, I proceeded to take his other weapon, the pistol, and then just start hitting him at where I could, but the armor's in the way. And I just started, I found a crease in his, between his, his armor and his head, and I just started wailing away uh, with his gun. Um, and then I told the kid in front of me, kick him, keep kicking him. And we were, I was, I was guiding him, I was telling people, call 911, call 911. I brought him down. I, I, <laughs> 
I was in mode. I was I was doing what I did. I do downrange, you know. I train. I trained for this. I don't want to ever do this. I I didn't even retire because I was just I was done doing this stuff. It was too much, and uh, I I'm you know it came in handy, and and I got to protect my my kid. I lost my kid's boyfriend. I tried. I tried to have everybody in there. I still feel bad that there's five people. <laughs> five people that didn't go home and this this guy I told him while I was eating I said I'm gonna kill you man because you tried to kill my friends my family was in there my little girl was in there with her what an absolute hero that man is Richard Fierro described now he took down and probably saved a lot of lives in doing so and that is your fastest 15 this has been the fastest 15 minutes in the news. Fast, 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 fast. Dory's fastest 15. You give us 15 minutes, we'll give you the world. Hey, it's Wednesday afternoon. Brock Heward's going to drop by for his weekly visit. That's coming up next here on the Dory Monson Show. Here's Dory Monson with Brock Heward. Brought to you by IRG Physical and Hand Therapy. Well, it is Wednesday afternoon, and not just any Wednesday. It is the day before Thanksgiving. And one of the things I'm thankful for is my friends, Brock Heward among them. He joins us every Wednesday here on the Dory Monson Show. Good afternoon, Brock. Dory, been too long. Two weeks is too long. It's been we way too long. We can't do it again. You're, uh, you're a busy man. You're a busy man. Yeah, I mean, we're all, we're all busy in life. It's a great it's a great time. It's a great season, and and I love tomorrow. Uh, and it kind of gives you a chance to pause and, as you said, just reflect on all of the things that we're thankful for. And friendship is a big one of them. Yes, indeed. All right, lots of stuff to talk about. The Apple Cups coming up this weekend. You've played in some memorable Apple Cups. How exciting mm. an event is this on the spectrum of? The sports world. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And this year, both teams are playing well, which isn't always the case. A few years back, Gardner Minshew, I think they were eleven and one, and they were ten and one. They were playing some great football as well. And that's when Chris Peterson had the Huskies rolling. And and these two new coaches, Jake Dickert over there in, in Pullman, yeah, small town Wisconsin guy, Kalen DeBoer, small town South Dakota guy, now at Washington. I think they appreciate rivalry. I was th- I was thinking about that because I had the Huskies a couple weeks ago when they beat Oregon, and I really appreciated Kalen DeBoer, their head coach, saying, "No, this is not just a faceless, nameless. Let's go one and zero. Every game is the same." He's like, "No, man, rivalry is different." And everywhere I, I I went, all you know, off season, my first year on the job, everybody said, "Beat the Ducks. How are you going to beat the Ducks? Go beat the Ducks." And and same thing with the Cougs. Go win the Apple Cup. And so n- neither of these two. Uh, diminish the rivalry, the emotion of it, what goes into it. And I think that that only enhances what should be a great scene very, very late Saturday night. And do you think we're coming to the end of these Apple Cups if the if the Huskies do move to another conference like USC and UCLA? Is, is this the beginning of the end? Gosh, I you know, I just hate to even think about that stuff, Dory. Know. And you know, you know what stinks too is this is the best the Pac twelve has been in a long time. They have six teams ranked in the top twenty five. USC is still, if they went out, is going to make the college football playoff. Right? Washington is nine and two, and the Ducks have had a great year, and Utah is good, and UCLA has turned it around, and Oregon State is eight and three. Like this is the best the conference has been in 
in a long, long time, yeah. top top to bottom. And George Klievkoff, the new owner and commissioner, the owner, new commissioner of the conference, is, I mean, couldn't be in a more thrilled, couldn't have a better team. And then, you know, group of teams, and then you think about it, like, oh, yeah, but this sucks because USC and UCLA is leaving. Like, they're going to leave. And then what? And then what's going to happen? So, yeah, I, I try not to honestly think about that because it just absolutely bums me out. First, USC and UCLA, which makes no sense other than financial for their own pockets. Yeah. But B, yeah, that, that this could be one of the last few if a lot of people perceive what's going to yeah. happen, which is UW, Oregon, Stanford, Cal being wooed by the Big Ten as well. And yeah, I don't, don't even want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to be a good thing. Nope. Uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow, are you going to be home or do you have to be on the road? I get to for... be home. I get you to are? be home. Yes. How many, how many people? Just five of you? No, Haley's Haley's hooping down in, in California with her Montana team. Oh, so they've got a, a tournament, which is not uncommon in college basketball. So she'll be with her Montana family. It'll be the four of us uh, with our good family friends, the Winers, Todd, former Seahawk, and Sunny, and and their three kiddos. They'll all be in town. So we'll uh, we'll have a great yeah a great big old feast tomorrow. Watch a ton of football, and then I get to fly out early Friday. And man, Dory, I have had. I've had the best season. I mean, th- this year of games and slate of games for our crew, speaking of things to be thankful for, I have yeah. never, ever had a season like this. We did a little, like, ranked on our on our morning show of, of my favorite games in 14 years, and I think three of my five favorite have been this season. Wow. The U- UW-Oregon game was yep. unbelievable. Yep. USC-Utah earlier this year was a two-point conversion in the end to win. And then Saturday down in Waco, it was uh, TCU staying 11-0 with a walk-off kick, which I've never seen in my life in person. <laughs> so it was <laughs> – and it's been a, just a great, great season. And we'll have TCU trying to go 12-0 Saturday afternoon. Look at you. Yeah, man. On it. Okay, uh, Thanksgiving. I know K.J. Wright told you this morning that they always have spaghetti – on the Thanksgiving table, it seemed to bother you a little bit. Does Dorn. it bother you? You've been hearing you re- replay that. What What are we doing? What's that? What do you mean? Spaghetti. You could have spaghetti any and every day. That's true. But Thanksgiving. Okay. So, what's the most important side dish? And how about this? My wife actually tossed out the idea of us not having turkey this year. She said, well, "What if what if we did prime rib? What if we did a ham?" Why and I, you, why didn't she I was like Dikembe Mutombo, yeah. with Muggsy Bogues driving to the hoop on me. What, what are we doing? Suzanne? I rejected that. That is not the Suzanne I know. I know. Is, I she know. An, is she an American? Well, I'm starting to wonder. Yeah, you want to do prime rib on Christmas? And, well, uh, that's exactly what I yeah. do on Christmas Day. Yeah. And. My Showtime rotisserie oven that the most legendary soccer coach of all time, Cliff McGrath, gave me live on the air because he heard me say about 20 years ago that I wanted a Showtime rotisserie oven. So every Christmas, I make my prime rib, I take a picture of it, I send it to Cliff McGrath. I mean, didn't you for years cook turkeys, like give turkeys away on Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, we did the deep fried turkeys. I mean, that's the center center of your bean. It's the center of your Thanksgiving life. Exactly. And what is Suzanne doing? I, I don't know. Look, after 35 years, I have never put my foot down on anything. Because for the first time in my life, I stood up for myself. Tempted to get her on the show right now. Uh, well, embarrassing take. Uh, so, okay, most important side dish, though. I, I, I mean, I potatoes. 
potatoes. Like Grandma Peg made the best potatoes. And Grandpa Mike was a baked potato fiend. Like he took such time and preparation and to put the butter. And so whether they're, you know, they're, they're got to be mashed with gravy. So people will say that's stuff. Mine. I can't believe that's yours. That's what? mine. Potatoes? Yes. Mashed potatoes with gravy because yes. none of my girls like gravy. Yes. So the only time I ever make gravy is on right. Thanksgiving. Of course. Yeah. yeah well, there's the not li- that many sides to choose from, so I'm not surprised you no, get them. No, there are lots of sides. the same. Uh, so, some people uh, do the mac and cheese, which yeah, I respect. Yeah, that's become more popular. Yeah. There's obviously stuffing. There's a horrible green bean, green casserole. bean casserole, which is the worst <laughs> dish so ever. That's if you want to boot that out, boot that out, Suzanne. Fruit but salad. Turkey, Fruit salad, cranberries, all yeah. I mean, there's other stuff, but are it's you potatoes. real cranberry sauce or canned? Uh, I'm not the biggest cranberry either, but it's okay on yeah. the roll. Is is kind of a jelly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, one last thing, Brock. Uh huh. So, uh, so on this Thanksgiving, you already mentioned your football schedule, but I I have decided because every Thanksgiving. We always hold hands around the table. We're going to have nine of us here tomorrow, and we always go around and ask everybody what they're thankful for, and and. Everybody acts surprised when when I say this from the head of the table, and then you know they say, "Oh, I'm thankful for my friends," and I'm going to text everybody today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, "I want you to give this some thought," and and I'm demanding that of myself as okay. well okay. that I don't just do superficial stuff. Okay. That uh, so have have you decided what I, you are going to say? You know what? You are can I, can I give you a little twist on that? Yeah, please. I mean, it's late. It's very late in the game because it's tomorrow. It's never too late. But I think this is a different way. Instead of putting pressure on people in that way, right? Because you want it to be a pressure-free, stress-free, love-first environment, grace-first. Yeah. You know what you can do? And and honestly, this just struck me as you were saying it, and we're going to do it tomorrow. We will have nine around the table as well. Instead of putting someone on the spot to have them say what they're thankful for, when it's their turn, the other eight of you. Share something you're thankful about that person for. Oh, look an, at you. An attribute, a gift, something they've done in the last year, what you've learned from them, you know, a strength of theirs. Go around and so, you know, when it's Suzanne's turn, have the other eight say something they're thankful for Suzanne about. And you go around the table that way. What do you think? Love that. I might do that. That's what we used to after uh, Frosty Westring did that after every game and he called it Afterglow. Yeah. Where you would, we, we called it shout outs when yeah. I was coaching. And, and it will take a little more time, game. obviously. It take a little, but that's okay. You got yeah. time. You got time. And that'll yeah. take a long time. Like eight times nine. That'll be 72 comments. And my gravy and mashed potatoes are going to be getting cold, Brock. I mean, that, that is the trade off. That is the trade off. You're right. But I don't know. Maybe just a little tweak to the system. Okay. All right. Like Let it. me know if it works. Okay. We'll and I'll ask table. my listeners if you have a, unique way to express your gratitude tomorrow. You can text us, 888-973-CAIRO, 888-973-5476. And I meant what I said at the beginning, you yep. and friendships like yours and the trip we took to Sitka and oh, so all uh, all the stuff you've meant for me. Uh, you're, you're on my list of what I'm most thankful for. Right back at you, kid. And I'm thankful. I'll just, you know, if I were around the table tomorrow with you, I would say, you know, I'm thankful that Dory still uses fax machines and loses emails and technology. Don't get me started. <laughs> trying to hold it together through this. All right. Brock Heward, you can hear him every morning 90, or on uh, 710 Seattle yeah. Sports. All right, happy Thanksgiving, friend. You too, pal. All right, and uh, we have lots more to come. 
is the Dory Monson Show. Rolls on, rolls on. Gratefully. I wanted to share with you uh, an email that I got. It meant a lot to me, what this guy had to say and how he said it. A couple of days ago, I played a soundbite from Democrat Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. And Chuck Schumer was saying that since we don't have enough Americans anymore, we've got to take the 11 million illegals who have illegally snuck into this country and make them citizens. Now, this has been the Democrat plan for a long, long time. They're hoping to get a permanency of power if they could get 11 million illegals, most of them, to vote for the Democrats. But Chuck Schumer, who used to say we need to control our borders, he's done a 180 now. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Could be as many as 30 million. We don't know since Joe Biden has thrown the border wide open. We have hundreds of thousands a month coming into the country illegally. After I played that soundbite a couple days ago, I got this email from Brian, and I wanted to share it with you. My name is Brian. I'm a longtime fan and an everyday Dory Monson Show listener. Thank you, Brian. Today, Monday, you discussed how Democrats plan to rig elections by bringing more immigrants to the country and encouraging them to vote blue. I have a few words in that regard that I'd like to share with you. I am an Iranian-American. The U.S. government granted me asylum in 2010 as a detained, tortured, and imprisoned journalist during Iran's anti-Islamic regime protests in 2009. I was naturalized and honorably became a U.S. citizen in 2015. I currently work as an airline first officer and an FAA-certified flight instructor. My jobs have enabled me to connect with hundreds of individuals in the past years. I like political subjects and often discuss politics with my colleagues and students. I've learned from these conversations that many Americans, people born in this country, have shifted from Democrats to Republicans, or at least they vote red. The more interesting matter that relates to your show's today's content is that almost every single immigrant I know votes in favor of Republicans. I've been voting since 2015, after my naturalization, and the votes of my family and I have always been Republican. In my community, Iranian, voting Democrat is a shame. Why? Because we are aware of the harm Democrats have caused to this country and Americans and the people of other nations in the past decades. For example, Jimmy Carter's support of Ayatollahs in 1978 and his helping take down Iran's great King Shah. Democrats helped mullahs establish their evil Islamic regime from where the entire world suffers today. 
Alternatively, I can refer to Barack Obama's $1.7 billion cash deal with Iran's government and revitalizing the totalitarian regime. I'm sure you have hundreds of examples of Democrats' devastating decisions that have adversely affected us Americans, so I don't discuss that to keep this message short. My conclusion is that, is that let Democrats allow immigrants into the country, of course legally. All these newcomers will soon understand the evil, hostile, and corrupt nature of Democrats and will begin voting red once they can. May God protect America from Democrats' betrayal and faithlessness. Regards, Brian. I think we're going to reach out to Brian. I'd like to talk to him person to person after getting that email. But I, I found that to be a fascinating perspective from a legal immigrant to this country that he has nothing but contempt for this plan. And, and of course, when Chuck Schumer says that, that is a message to the world to get yourselves to Mexico and illegally cross the border. The Biden administration not only is doing nothing, but the Biden administration and guys like Chuck Schumer, they're actually encouraging as many people to illegally come into this country as possible. And this is at a time where we're spending, we've spent $91 billion this year that we've sent to Ukraine so that they can defend their Sovereign and sacred border between them and Russia. But the same political animals who are just feeding the military-industrial complex by shipping $91 million, and we have since learned that Ukraine goes into partnership with a cryptocurrency company. The cryptocurrency company, uh, the founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, said his goal was to funnel a billion dollars to Democrats to get elected and reelected and to stave off the red wave, and that $91 billion may not have been to protect Ukraine and its sovereignty, but it might have been one of the largest money laundering schemes for a political party in our world's history. So the Ukraine border is essential, it is sacred, and it must be defended. The U.S.-Mexico border Let's get as many people as possible to breach it. And then Chuck Schumer will try to make them citizens and hope that unlike Brian's prediction, that they'll vote blue. Very thought-provoking, Brian. I appreciate it. Okay, we are going to check the news for you here at the top of the hour. And then in the big lead of two, one of the more interesting, maybe even bizarre, Apple Cup stories that I'll ever hear next here on the Dory Monson Show.